on this week's show. Sensation at Glebe as manager Harry Hudson is sacked. We hear from chairman Rocky McMillan. This doesn't risk with me. This is the whole of the football club was absolutely shaken to the core by the actions of Mr Hudson. And it was five wins in a row for Dartford. Captain Tom Bonner spoke to Matt after Saturday's victory. Obviously we want to play good football, we want to be entertaining, we want to score goals, but I honestly don't care as long as we win. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Uh, due to a combination of social lives, work and early bedtimes, we're going to be hammering through this a bit today, but with two decent interviews in the can, hopefully you will enjoy what we've got for you. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who celebrated the passing of Storm Eunice by making a 600 mile round trip, as you do. And on the line now is man whose farewell tour of the National League provided him with scant entertainment on Tuesday night. The one and only Matt Gerrard. How are you, my friend? Not bad. It was an absolutely appalling game, but... More I'm concerned. How bad was it driving when you went up? Do you know what? We went on Saturday and uh, we, we left here about 12. A uh, bit of rain on the way up, particularly bad on the way up to Cambridge. But after that, it was absolutely fine. So uh, made the right decision, had a lovely weekend and we're glad we went. Oh, right. So you didn't see any many trees or branches flowing across the roads and things when you're driving? No, so there was a couple of trees down uh, not far from here. But uh, once we got up north, I think they, they avoided the worst of it. Um, so it, it was quite a pleasant drive and, and it was quite quiet on the roads, actually. So having had eight hour journeys both ways last time, it was actually a blessed relief this time that it took us about six going and five and a half coming back. So we can't complain at all. We, we, we were in Canterbury on Friday afternoon because we went to uh, cream tea with the family and we were the only people in Phoenix at about half past three. Wow. So everybody was in, Canterbury had major issues because uh, half the street was called off from, you know, um, where the abode hotel, yep. there's loads of just um, slate tiles were falling on the floor, just crashing okay. down. So uh, we had the whole of Phoenix to ourselves. So that's been and I, I was talking about you on our journey up because we got stuck in traffic by the Dartford Tunnel. And I said to Hayley, I said, well, we're not far away at, far away at all from Matt Gerrard because yeah. we really weren't because you were at Dartford and we were driving past. What time, what time was that then? Uh, we got stuck there about one o'clock, oh, just right. half one, something like that. Yeah. We were, I could have yeah. flashed the V's to you if I'd seen you, couldn't I? Exactly, and I would have expected nothing less from you. you. <laughs> it's our 204th episode this week, and amongst all the usual number stuff, 204 is quite a pyramidal number. 204 balls may be stacked in a pyramid whose base is on an 8 by 8 square. That's impressive. I also found a book called Number 204 is Going Home, which is described as a heart-shaking memoir about the unbreakable strength of motherhood. And finally, in a poker deck with a single wild joker, there are 204 hands they're at least as good as a straight flush. I never got the whole poker thing. Did, did, did you, mate? It was massive. People were playing all the time 15 years ago, and it was like, oh, we're having a poker night. Never done it. Now, when we were at school, we played a bit of poker, which is five cards. We had to get it from that. Well, that's when you were playing for 50p's when I was at school. But I, I can't think of anything worse than going online and playing poker. Um, and a lot of people I know go to the casino and done it. Or And if you're good, you, there's money to be made. But I reckon on my gimme will be... You know, I wouldn't be able to control myself if I had four kings or something like that. So people would soon see through me. But no, I'm apart from my pound on the uh, football on a Saturday, I'm not really much of a gambler, to be honest. No, of course, 50p in your day at school is now worth about a fiver, isn't it? Well, yeah, well <laughs> today's money. I'm concerned about the price of fuel with the world about to end as well, which is a really... Well, it ain't going to matter if we can't go anywhere. Well, <laughs> how much does it matter what the petrol is? Um, Quickly, before we move on, did you see that um, article in the Daily Mirror where it said if a... If a nuclear bomb was in the centre of London, who would be affected? Yeah, we're clear. 
You're clear. We'll survive. Dover yeah. would stay up, mate. I'm that <laughs> Everything, everything I'm in enough, the cloud. I've we enough teams up. in the National League that would be affected for you to stay up. Yeah, a lot of teams would go. So, um, every mushroom cloud, as I said, really. So, yeah, we could be, uh, we could be, if Putin has his way, we're staying up. This is why he's doing it. The whole war is about Dover staying in the National League. Yep, yeah, so there you go. It did make me laugh. But basically, all the, yeah, we're okay and Thanet's okay. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, again, again, we're joking this a little bit. It seems pretty serious. I've got no idea what is going on. Something to do with NATO, but yeah, hopefully, um, we're not going to be fighting each other anyway. No, exactly. Um, yeah, not good. And thoughts with everyone who will be affected by this over in Ukraine. Um, really, really sad times. And we have Hay- Ukraine listeners. I don't know if we do, but Haley's family are of Ukrainian really? stock. Her her mum's parents were both from Ukraine. Um, so she's quite upset today because she's probably got, she's got cousins and and, and relatives yeah, over there. Yeah. She's not necessarily in touch with them, but she but she knows they're out there. And she's been to Odessa, she's been to Kiev, and it's it's kind of affecting her a little bit. So right, uh, yeah, right. thoughts with everybody who's yeah, affected. By that. We didn't mean to joke it, but you know, yeah, it's it is a serious situation. That hopefully, it can be sorted. But if Dover stay in the National League, Matt will be making some. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, right on with the show, and let's start with the story that had the whole of the Southern Counties East League talking. Uh, when on Saturday, Harry Hudson was sacked by Glebe after the club learned that their manager had applied for the job as Seven Oaks manager. Hudson was subsequently appointed at Greatness Park, replacing Mickey Collins. And the news of his dismissal from Glebe certainly had a mixed reaction uh, on social media. Glebe chairman Rocky McMillan was the man who made the decision to part with Hudson, and I spoke to him on Monday about that decision and how things are looking at the club generally. Uh, I don't know if it's divisive. It certainly wasn't meant to be divisive. It was meant to be a very honest opinion and a, a factual opinion, a factual statement as to what had happened. Um, I don't always put things out just to be Mr. Popular. When you're running a, a football club like I am, when you've got nearly a thousand members down here, you make a decision that's always based in the interest of the football club, not always based in the interest of popularity. Now, I'll go into facts. I'm certainly not here to character assassinate either Harry Hudson or Mark Basie, who have both gone to Seven Oaks. But if people really knew the story, I think they would understand why this doesn't rest with me. This is the whole of the football club was absolutely shaken to the core by the actions of Mr Hudson. And have you spoken to Harry to, to Harry since this all happened? Obviously, it, it, it did come as a big shock to you, I'm guessing. Yeah, what happened is, what happened is, now, again, what I'm telling you, because I think people would like to know, I haven't been so well recently. I've been, uh, I've had long COVID, I've got bronchitis. Now, I'm not looking for any empathy, that's just a factor, right? I returned from overseas on Thursday. Um, Friday afternoon, I got a text from Harry saying that he'd been offered the Seven Oaks job and he was thinking about it, okay? I was shaken, absolutely shaken, because... Obviously, when we employ our, our managers, and we've had some very, very high-profile managers, the likes of Simon Copley, who's at Arsenal, Gary Alexander, who's now at Cray Wanderers, Pete Sweeney, Ed Millwall, uh, Anwar Udin, who's now, you know, formerly David Redbridge, now on the uh, FA Council of 100, the most, hundred, most important people in football. We've had high-profile managers, all of which have done a tremendous job, all right? Now, if you, if you employ a high-profile manager, I fully expect other clubs to come after them. And that's why when we sit down, before, they, before they're before off the job, they, they have to take, they have to undertake 
certain rules within the club, which is there's a period of time. You know, though with Harry's case, Harry sold us the dream that he would come in here and if he was given a certain amount of budget, that he could bring the players in, that um, promotion was going to be the ultimate goal, uh, that if he didn't get promotion, he'd walk at the end of the year and that he wanted good runs in the Cups. Now, unfortunately, uh, when I was overseas on the Saturday, we lost the very last kick of the game against Sheffield United in the Kent Senior Trophy. I text Harry after the match, you know, said to him, stay calm, these things happen. It's nobody's fault. Get the boys a drink. What we got to do now is obviously uh, get the boys together in the week and fully focus on the game in hand against Dill, who are fourth in the league, and get those three points and carry on with our ultimate ambition, which is to get promotion. So when Harry said to me on the Friday, look, I've been offered the Seven Oaks job, I picked the phone up to the Seven Oaks chairman, who I know really well, Paul. I said, Paul, look, I just want to tell you man to man, I'm disappointed because I've known you and we've done business over the last 20 years together. You've reached out to my manager and you haven't even had the common decency to pick the phone up and tell me. To which he interjects and said, Rocky, I'm full of respect for you and the club. Had I wanted to approach your manager, I would have picked the phone up. But he has applied for the job. Oh, you obviously had a game on Monday night and, and people were coming up to you and they're very supportive towards you as well. So I think people do understand where, where you're coming from on this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I've had so many, so many texts, so many WhatsApp, you know, so many private tweets. Last night, you know, probably half a dozen managers and chairmen come up and said, look, well, you don't deserve that. The club doesn't deserve that. We can't believe what happened. And you acted very well. You know, there's a minority of people would say, you know, that I carried to assassinate the guy. That isn't what I'm out for, you know. When Harry was here, when Mark was here, they put in a full day's work every day of the week. You know, they did a good job. They put in every effort they could. But it ended as it ended. And people got to know how it ended. And I guess the part of the frustration for you is, is it has been such a good season for Glebe. I think it's, it's probably been the best season you've ever had, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, in terms of where we are, um, obviously we've had two interrupted seasons with COVID. We've been moving forward. Our previous best was eight. We're now third. I mean, given the budget that, you know, from the board of directors and the sponsors, that we've been able to give to our manager this season and the quality of players he's brought in, I think, you know, I would expect the very minimum to be to be third as we are at the moment. You know, we've still got a chance of promotion. You know, we just got to win all our games, as simple as that. Uh, you know, we got two very, very good clubs in the same league in, in Sheffield and Chatham. You know, very well-run clubs with some fantastic players. You know, we've had some results midweek whereby uh, maybe it shows that we still got a little bit to learn. You know, going away, like Sir Alex Ferguson used to, going away and winning 1-0 at Stoke on a February evening in the rain. You know, those are the results that we've got to grind out. You know, to a degree, we did that last night. We went to K-Sports, you know, a very young team, a very talented team, well coached under a great friend of mine, Barry, you know. Um, and they gave us, you know, they never really looked like they were going to win the game. But they really made it. And they had a fantastic goalkeeper last night, you know. 
made six or seven saves that were absolutely incredible. And we had a, you know, it took us till the 86 minute, but we were patient. And then we had one real quality of bit of play, you know, and uh, Mr. Penny steps up as lovely header. And I think it was three points that were well deserved. But it just shows you in this league, there are no easy teams from top to bottom. You know, Chatham went to uh, Rustle last week. It took them 70 minutes to break them down, you know. Uh, the week before, Sheppey only beat um, Evers Town 3-2. You know, Sheppey's won a number of games in the last minutes, which is which is great for them. It shows they've got a lot of character. But there are no easy games in Step 5. I suppose you've got to say, as, as well as look at the character of your team, to, to win that game on Monday night with everything that had gone on in the previous 48 hours. Absolutely magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. Look, let's speak factually, all right? We might lose one or two players or more, you know what I mean? Um, when there's a shake-up like that, when a manager goes, players usually go. Every single one of those 16 players last night turned up. They turned up to play for the club. They turn up to play for Dan. They turn up to play for Adam. Now, these two guys are two of the best young coaches on the market. You know, they've asked me for an opportunity and I've given them that opportunity. There's no promise. There's no contract next year. There's no contract any year. All I turn around and said to the guys is, I admire, absolutely, totally admire you for standing up and saying that you want to take over. All right, you're only young kids, but you've got an abundance of experience with handling people. You've been part of the philosophy of what we've done this year. So let it go, you know. Whilst we can win the league, that's the deal I've done with the guys. You know, they brought in another coach. Um, whilst we can win the league, I've been perfectly blunt with them and said, when we can't win the league and I've got to sit down and think about next season, then I'll think and we'll have a chat. You know, even now as I speak, you know, they're proving every day what they can do because they're very young men. And working for me is tough. You know, it's a very, very big club. It's a very detailed club. And it's a very demanding club. And if you speak, all of the managers I mentioned before, Anwar, you know, I went to him yesterday, Sweeney, uh, Gary Alexander, I spoke to him a couple of days ago. All of these guys have said they learned a tremendous amount here about the running of a, fo of a football club. So whatever happens with these two young guys, they will, when it's their turn to leave, whether it's, you know, next month, next year, or in five years' time, they will leave with an abundance of knowledge that they couldn't have gained elsewhere. In the interim, they're doing a fantastic job. They turn up yesterday, they set the team up. We played some of the most offensive football we played. It was really nice to watch. Um, and now we go on, we go training Thursday, we go down to Russell for a massive game. You know, they need points to stay up. We need to win to stay in, in contention. Glee Football Club is more than the, the team that goes out and plays in the Southern Counties East on a Saturday, isn't it? And that's something that you've got to be really proud of. Yeah, I am very proud of it. I am very proud. It's, it's certainly, certainly the success of the club is nowhere just down to me. I've got a fantastic, the first team I've got a fantastic and experienced board directors. Uh, Perry Skinner and John Wells, both very senior people at Greenwich Bar in the league above, applied to me when they were at Beckenham, uh, wanted to come on board, absolutely back the club, lock, stock and barrel, financially, and also go to games home and away. You know, 
Clotilda Holiday's come back early, support me, support the club, do a lot of dirty work behind the scenes to get funds in, go and see sponsors. The junior section, you know, I've got really, really like, you know, Nicholas has been with me nearly 20 years. Uh, my right-hand man in the club, Jerry, has been with me 23 years. You know, Luke Jeffries, who heads up the junior section, has been with me nine years. You know, we've been coaches that have been here 15 or 16 years. It's very much a family club. It's a, it's a club that they trust me, and that's why so many people stay so many times. I mean, we take kids in in their reception at four, and we and they can leave us when they're 40 through the vets. You know, we got over 30 teams running this year, 400 kids, nearly 20 acres of land here. Now, one of the headaches I've got at the moment, uh, John, is that I've got um, at least 60 there on the side teams want to come into me next season. I've got so many junior teams and so many players, we just don't have any vacancies at the moment. So we're trying to find out how we can find any any grounds close to us or do we go somewhere where we sub out the name. But, you know, we, we it's so important. The Glebe name is so important to us that, that, that we never want to, um, you know, sit out the importance of Glebe Football Club because to me it does mean everything. You know, my wife and I found this club 27 years ago when we come back from the Middle East. The most important thing is the 99% of the kids that make friends for life, that when they go to senior school, you know, under 12, they've got a massive, massive change in their social life. Yet on a Saturday, they come back to people that they've known. I just find we've kind of gone back to the first team to remember what where do you think Glebe can go as a club? I mean, you're third at the moment. It, 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 there's still a chance of promotion this season. I'd say if you don't get promoted this season, you'll definitely be the favourites for next season. But what's the event, eventual aim for, for where you want this first team to go? Where are we this season? OK, look, we're third. We're 10 points behind Sheppey. We've got two games in hand. That would make it four. OK, Sheppey's a very, very good outfit. Ernie and Matt Smith's been working on that team and that squad for three or four years. They've got a real good squad together. Chatham the same. They've got some outstanding players. Jack Evans there, you know, wonderful player. Um, you know, scored as many as, like, a, apart from the two main centre forwards in the league, I think he scored as many goals. So that's an added attribute. So we've lifted ourselves alongside these teams and we've proven that on one-on-one -on -one matches, we was good. We went 3-0 up at Sheppey, and they come back to 3 all. We beat Sheppey 2-0 down here in the league. We went to Chatham and beat them 4-2. Okay, so we were as good on our day, if not better, than any team in the league. We've got to learn to win games nasty, to win that little 1-0 away from home when it's pouring down with rain against the team that says, look, it's Glebe coming down tonight. You know, this is one of the biggest games of the season and they get wound up. we got to wind ourselves up for those games. That's the mental side of it. Can we go up? Mathematically, we can go up. The budget hasn't been cut one iota. We're out of four cups. Whilst we've got a chance to go up, that budget stays the same. We've even advanced the budget. We've even advanced the budget. I've gone out and got Malachi Hudson, who's only about a week away from being fit. One of the best players around. They've played step two at winning. Fantastic player will be a great attribute. No, and Malachi, even if we don't go up, Malachi's said he'll stay. I've given Malachi, you know, terms for next season. You know, we are looking forward to next season. 
if we don't go up, of course there's disappointment because as chairman, I think we had everything in the melting pot this season to go up. You know, I, I couldn't see a, a short fall whereby someone like Willington come out and play fantastically well on an absolute dog of a pitch down at Kent Football. Um, you know, they beat us 2-1, you know. We go we go down um, to Gravesend, you know, and draw nil-nil on a Tuesday. These are the games that in the future we have to go and win. Not just the big games when nobody needs winding up, but the smaller games when you've done a day's work, when you might be feeling tired, when the match doesn't really grab your attention and you've got to go there and turn on. And that's what Chatham's done. That's what Sheppey's done. We've got a lot of games to go. We can still go up. So you look at Leicester 5,000 to 1. We're not 5,000 to 1. I would say we're about 15 to 20 to 1 at the moment. So we're very shortfall compared to Leicester, and they won the premiership. So if we win each of our remaining games, I am convinced we will go up. So although mathematically the ball's not in our call, I think it is because I cannot see Sheppey and Chatham going through. We're going through it as if nothing had happened the weekend. The boys want promotion. Then you get the factual side of it. If we don't get promotion... If we don't get promotion, we take a deep breath, all right? We look at where we are. Okay, I'm already working on sponsors for next season. We need, we don't have the fan base. And in fact, I heard uh, somebody else on a, on a pod last week saying, oh, we don't have the fan base. We don't have the fan base. We're a seven, eight-year-old club, you know. Sheppy and Chats are located. They get 500 people. Superb, but it makes their budget so much easier to attain when you've got that. But when you've got those figures going through the gates each week, we get one to one twenty. You know, we're in a very affluent area where we're still going out. You know, each and every week, going out and seeing the name McLeave. You know, it could mean in the future that we had Chislers to name McLeave to make it more authentic. Maybe that would attract more sponsorship. You know, but we, at the end of the season, you know. I can't sit back and say to my manager, finish mid-season. Finish mid-table, rather, I do apologise. I've got to turn around and say to him, listen, our aim is the league this year. You know, what do you need? How much budget do you need? What players do you need? What do you need off the pitch? Training facilities? What conditions do you need to pitch in? Tell me everything you can get, and we'll do our best to get it. And then we'll decide what's achievable. If I give somebody a couple hundred quid a week, we're not going to win the league, you know. But this season, we've got the budget that, you know, third is the minimum that I expected this season, given the players that we've got and given given the budget that we've got. So we'll sit back, we'll take a deep breath if we don't go up, all right? We'll take a few weeks off the end of the season. We'll come back bigger and stronger than ever. We'll have a fantastic pre-season. We'll go next season. And certainly, well, Glee Football comes under my tenure, we will go out to try and win each and every single game and no matter what age group it is. There is, Matt, absolutely no doubting that man's passion for his football club, is there? Yeah. Um, again, it felt like he probably got a bit of a dagger to his heart when uh, his, his manager, who, you know, clearly it was a coup for them to get him because he, what he'd done before in the, in this division, in this in southeast division. So, And when you text me saying he'd been sacked, I thought, oh, they're doing OK. And then reading into it as well, um, interesting that he'd gone to Sevenoaks. Sevenoaks, 
I, I, we're presuming that he's applied for the job and something like said or whatever you sort of thing. There's no other sort of untowards on this, is it? No, not at all. I mean, parts of that interview you couldn't quite hear where Rocky was explaining the situation, but he um, he found out on Friday that um, Harry was apparently going to be the manager of Seven Oaks. Uh, it was the first he'd heard of it, uh, and he said he spoke to Paul Lansdale at Seven Oaks and said, and, and Paul said to him, well, "I would have spoken to you, but Harry applied for the job." Um, so I, th- I think Rocky feels, uh, as he kind of said, I think he feels let down. I, I think they were doing they were doing really well this season. They were playing some good football. Um, Harry Hudson and uh, I will say this now I've had a couple of dealings with Harry through this show uh, and I think he's a really 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 nice lad and I'm sure that any decision he's made wouldn't have been done with any malice uh, or, or any uh, any wanting to upset anybody and I think it may have just been that it was that it was the he saw it was the best decision for him at the time um, I don't think um, I don't think anyone comes out of it looking brilliant because people will look at it and say well he shouldn't have applied for the job without telling him. But you could also look at it and say, well, he shouldn't have just sacked him and put that statement out. It's it's a difficult, difficult situation. And as I say, there's no real winners there. But I don't think anything untoward has, has gone on. I just think there was possibly a bit of a breakdown in communications along the way. And, and I think a lot of what was said could have been avoided with a little bit better communication between all parties. Yeah. Um, again, Harry probably could have told his club there going behind the back, but... I don't really know the dealings of football, but is that the norm in this? There's not much loyalty in football. If Again, I'm not saying, but if they had a bad season or the end of the season, he could have lost his job, but he's got to think about his own future. Seven Oaks, as we said last week, you know, the plans they've got at that club and what he said and what I've read that, you know, they could have one of the best facilities in in, in that division. So he's gone on there. Um, it was a good coup for getting at Glebe and Glebe has had a good season and could continue to have a good season as as Rocky said in there, but yeah, yeah, it seems a little bit, yeah, from either side. You could see the passion of Rocky's got there and how heartbroken he was. Cause he's, you know, clearly given Harry what he wanted and, it, and he feels he's been stabbed in the back. But unfortunately, that's probably football, whatever levels from the Premier League down to the scaffold. That's how football works as, as an industry. What I will say is I thought there was a telling point in that from Rocky where he said that the agreement was with, with Harry that if he didn't get promoted, he could walk. And I wonder if there is some sort of mindset in there of, well, it's it wasn't looking like it was going to happen. And, and perhaps at the end of the season, it would have come to an end anyway. And then an opportunity has arisen uh, to, to be in the Isthmian League and, you know, a, a team who are in a, a poor run of form. But obviously, Harry Hudson backing himself to, to get up there. And that was the point for me that when I heard that, that was the one thing during that interview. And I thought, well... Can you understand where he's coming from there? If, if if the agreement was if he didn't get promoted, he could leave anyway. Yeah, as I said, this football's a thing. You, you, you're riding high one moment and down, and then if you lost four on the spin and they'd fallen out, maybe out of the top three, four, that he could have been in trouble. So, yeah, again, Seven Oaks are a good challenge. It could backfire on him, and he could be back in the scaffold and Glebe go up. But that's the beauty of football. So, um, yeah, and interesting what he's given the his assistants the chance to go on it. Could be there five years, could be there five minutes, but Rocky will see what happens and goes next season. But yeah, I have to admire what he's done for that club. I didn't really know the background of it until he explained it all. But um, yeah, a passionate man who's clearly been in the game a long time. So really nothing should really surprise him, you thought. No, and, and, and Glebe generally, as I said, building for the future and, and they've got some good players now. And it's really interesting, actually, because I was going to say to him at one point when he said about possibly putting the name Chislehurst in, in, in the club, because obviously they are based in Chislehurst and that would maybe spread their thing. And I actually was going to say that to him, but he said it before me, but they are going from strength to strength and, and, and you kind of can forget 
when you look at everything, but you can forget they've only been in the Southern Counties East League Premier Division for what, five seasons now. They've had their best ever FA Cup runs. They've had their best ever FA Vars runs. And he says he won't take the, the glory for himself, but that man is is a massive part of it. And and he is he is he is Mr. Glebe. And and I've been to Glebe a couple of times this season, and what has impressed me both times hasn't necessarily been where they are at Foxbury Avenue, but where they are all everything around them is all pitches. There's people walking around and and you know, that it's more than just the first team on a Saturday. And I think that Glebe of a, a club that are really, really going places that, that they're built, they're trying to build for, from the bottom upwards, which I think is always a good way to do it. And and he says there, they want more fans to get through the door. And I'm sure in time it will come because when you're the new kids on the block, it, it's, it's hard to just suddenly magic a fan base from somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, Chiswhurst. I assume there's a lot of people who live in Chiswhurst. So I'm not aware that there's a Chiswhurst team in anywhere else. So you can really do that. As he clearly said, the sponsorship and the marketing could come before. And people will watch a winning team. And again, he's doing the best thing with his academy. And we've seen the players going through. So, yeah, interesting times there. I'm, sh- I'm sure he feels a little bit sorry for himself, Rocky. But he'll go again uh, and he can see the longer picture. But as I say, is there any loyalty in football? I don't really know. I'm loyal to the Kenton League podcast, John. But I don't think uh, um, if you've got a better offer with somebody else, you'd probably take it, get rid of me. But that, that's football, isn't it? You know, that's how it works. Yeah, you're riding high, so it shouldn't be surprised. Maybe I think you said the communication could have been a little bit better um, on that point of view. But you know, good opportunity for Harry Hudson, and we're, we're interested to see how Seven Oaks. You know, they're only you know really tight at that bottom of that division, and they need to pick up points. But but we're really interesting now. Will he go back back to some of his players who've gone to Glebe? That's the other question that they may lose a few players. So interesting times over the next few weeks between these two clubs. Certainly will be, and time will tell. Obviously, with the players and everything, we'll be keeping a close eye uh, on their uh, uh, on where things turn out uh, in terms of players uh, over the coming weeks or so. The weather played its part over the week, but the bad news for Glebe, despite the, their one 0 win uh, at K Sports on Monday, was six points for both Chatham and Sheppey over the course of the week in the scaffold. Chatham beat Rustal two 0 on Saturday, then Tower Hamlets four one on Tuesday, while Sheppey hit five at Hamlets on Saturday before a first minute Warren Mafula goal was enough to beat Deal on Tuesday night. A real banana skin that one. Uh, for Sheppey, but they came through it. Elsewhere on Saturday, Canterbury and Homestale drew 1-1. Irith and Belvedere held 2-2 by a Crowborough side who had 88 minutes between their two goals. Uh, Irith Town and Beersted played out a 0-0 draw. Kennington beat Tunbridge Wells 2-0. Wellingtown scored three in the final seven minutes to come from behind and win 5-3 at Lordswood. The Boots denying their former boss Richard Dimmick his first win at in charge of Lordswood. It was Punjab 1, Fisher 1, while on Tuesday, Hollands and Blair and Lordswood drew 1-0. This weekend, it's Beersted against Punjab. Chatham Town meet Hollands and Blair. Homesdale travel to Crowborough. Deal Town at home to Tower Hamlets. It's Irith Town against Canterbury City. K Sports at home to Kennington. Lords would meet Irith and Belvedere. Rustle take on Glebe. Sheppey United host Tunbridge Wells. And it's Wellingtown against Fisher. Then on Tuesday night, Sheppey head to Fisher. And Tunbridge Wells go to Punjab. And then on Wednesday, Wellingtown and Canterbury meet. Uh, Tunbridge Wells, incidentally, were due to be at home to Fisher on Tuesday night. But a power cut called that game off. Now, Matt... Quick trivia question for you, and I know we're rushing here. Uh, do you know when Tunbridge Wells last played at home? Uh, they've been away in the Vars, haven't they, a couple of times? So, uh, January the 5th. Saturday, December the 18th. It was 66 days before the game against Fisher. That was called off. They're away this weekend as well, so it's going to be March the 5th before they play a home game in 2022. Uh, Astonishing. That must be really tough for them as well, money through the gates, a bar, so, you know. 
yeah, really struggling. I presume they've got loads of games to catch up, have they, in the home games? Well, they must have, yeah, if you haven't played yeah. at home for nearly three months. Uh, but there you go. Uh, just five games in Division 1 on Saturday. A 2-2 draw between FC Armstead and Croydon. Bryden Ropes winning 3-1 at Greenways. SC Thamesmead beat Forest Hill Park 1-0. Tooting Beck beat Staplehurst 3-1. Stansfield beat FC Armstead 2-1 on Tuesday. Before Humdinger on Wednesday night ended 4-4 between Rochester and their tenants, Faversham Strikeforce. Uh, on Saturday, Bryden Ropes against Chesterton Hook, Faversham Strike Force at home to Meridian VP. It's Forest Hill Park against Greenways, Larkfield and New Hythe take on Kent Football United, Lidtown against Tooting Beck, Stansfeld against Rochester United, Staplehurst Monarchs against Croydon, Sutton Athletic take on SC Thamesmead and Westside against Snodland. Monday night, SC Thamesmead against Larkfield and New Hythe, and then three games on Wednesday, Faversham Strike Force against Greenways, Lewisham Borough against Meridian VP and Snodland against Rochester. Let's move on up to the National League. Not too much to report, really, as both of our sides had their Saturday games called off before both drew on Tuesday night. Bromley held 2-2 at Weymouth, twice having to come from behind on the South Coast. And a run of three games without a win, which is hardly a disaster, has seen them fall down to seventh in the table. Dover, meanwhile, drew 0-0 at Aldershot. I think that's all we need to say about that. They're only four points from zero now, but with 15 games to play and 34 points to safety. It's a case of counting down to when the big R goes next to their name in the table. Uh, there's no game for Bromley on Saturday, so they could drop out of the top seven. Dover are at home to Grimsby, and, and oddly, Matt, you said to me you want them, you want relegation on the nineteenth of March, yeah? Well, that's what I thought it would happen. I'd rather it was um, I was there because there's not many away games to go because Dover got some terrible long trips to go on the away games. But I'd like it to be at home that we got relegated because then, you know, from a journalist point of view, we can react pretty quick, you know, um, from that point of view. So out of four games to go, Grimsby is going to be tough. Barnet could be so I'm thinking about three or four games it will be um it will be all over but um at least we had a some fight but that game against Aldershot on Tuesday night not one for the for the purest Aldershot I think they rested a few players they weren't up to much cop and defense is on top basically in that one a clean sheet that's got to be a pros for first time in 26 away games there you go then and you would and there you are being all negative that will show you uh international was when you're talking to Andy Hessenthaler now all we're waiting for is the big A to get to zero, B to get relegated, and see what's going on next season. There's not after a nil-nil draw against Aldershot, which was probably one of the worst games of the season. The only that's the only positive I could say was well, first clean sheet in 26, Andy. There you go. Brilliant. Uh, International Southwest all eyes on Meadowbank on Saturday. It's a top two clash with Maidstone travelling to face a Dorking Wanderers side three points ahead of them. The Stones beat Oxford City two one on Saturday to maintain their own brilliant form, and that Matt is a cracker in prospect. Oh, yes. Massive game. We tried to get somebody on from Maidstone, but unfortunately, time restraints and various things didn't happen. Yeah. For for Dorking, they play Maidstone this week, Dart for the next. Do they think six points out of that, the title's theirs? Arguably, but Maidstone's such in good form, playing good football. Luke scoring some cracking goals. They've got the momentum. There'll be 750 Maidstone fans going absolutely bananas, I expect, there. Their support will be unbelievable. Cracking game if they lose. Probably not the end of the work. Well, won't be the end of the title race, but you know, I think you're trying to avoid defeat against Dorking, but Dorking are a bit of a juggernaut. Would you say if Dorking win, it's all over? Well, I mean, they've been in such good form, Dorking, and then obviously they had that blip against Tunbridge Angels, but they've bounced back from it. So you would think so, but then I also look at it and I think will the pressure start to get to them as as, as time goes on because they've not been this high before, they've not been on the verge of National League football before, and there must be something somewhere that eventually it might start to play in their mind. So I wouldn't say it's all over, but I well, think look, it's I'm important. Table, I didn't realise Maidstone had a game in hand as well. So if Maidstone win, they 
could go ahead of them, depending on the, what the score of the game is. And they would have a game in hand. So that you put, do you then make, if Maidstone wins, you make Maidstone favourite. So it's all up and down at the top of the table, but a massive game, biggest game of the season, definitely in the National League South. And hopefully, yeah, from a Maidstone point of view, you probably take a draw, I expect. Yeah, start for the third after beating Bath City 2 1 on Saturday. But there's some frustration on Tuesday night as they lost 2 1 at Hungerford. Now, Matt was at Prince's Park on Saturday. After that game, he spoke to dark skipper Tom Bonner. Yeah, no, five wins on a spin, obviously. Um, it was about three weeks ago I said, look, we need to get a good result and hopefully it kicks us on. Um, and yeah, and after that win at Tunbridge, we really have kicked on. So we need to uh, keep it going. Yeah, it's amazing. As I was saying to the manager, you weren't losing matches, were you drawing matches? Now you're turning draws into wins at the business end of the season. That's a good sign, isn't it? Yeah, it's a perfect time for us to go on a run. Um, yeah, I think at the time we drew too many games here. Um, I didn't think we was ever playing bad. We just struggled to turn them draws into wins and you, you just hit a nail on the head then. It started to turn and yeah, we're turning these games into wins, which is brilliant. Today was a difficult game, difficult conditions. The ball was swirling in there and they had plenty of possession but didn't really do too much with it. Yeah, it was, um, it was sort of a game of two halves, really, with the wind. Um, second half, we had the winds in our faces. It was quite difficult to get out. Um, I agree with what you said there. I think they had a lot of the ball, a lot of possession, but I felt comfortable. I felt like we was going to um, hold out for a clean sheet. In an ideal world, um, I would have liked us to play a bit better second half, but at the end of the day, when it's a bad conditions like that against a good team, I am just, just wanted the three points, so that was all I cared about. Is it all more about results than performance now? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I honestly don't care how we play. If we win, I'm happy. Um, anything performance-wise is just a cherry on the top for me. So, obviously, we want to play good football. We want to be entertaining. We want to score goals. But I, I honestly don't care as long as we win. Are you looking at the league table now? Are we thinking, are we thinking it's a three-horse race between yourselves, Dorking and Maidstone? No, no. Look, there's a long way to go. Um, we, obviously, the boys check the results after the game. But, no, look, I'm not looking at the league table. Um, we're just taking it proper football cliche just take it one game at a time look forward to Hungerford Tuesday and yeah we'll just what will be will be you know you've got Maystone and Hungerford uh, Maystone and Dawkins to play here as well so you thinking it could be in your own hands at the, at the title um, I think if you look at it it's in all three of us own hands it's in Dawkins hands it's in Maystone hands and it's in our hands but yeah we've obviously got both of them teams to come here um, and yeah it's just a really exciting end to the season potentially Yourself you, you've been promoted out of this division as well you know what it's do how important is that experience to get over to maybe to the younger lads in the squad? Um, yeah well as I said I've, I've been on um, winning sides in a promotion I've been in losing sides in a promotion so it's a difficult one look we're not aiming we, we want to win a league you know we're not looking for playoffs but yeah, we've got experienced boys in there. We've got boys that have played at a higher level. So, yeah, you're hoping there's characters in this squad that step up and, yeah, as you said, have that experience to get it over the line. And yourself enjoying it? You had a bit of injury, a bit back in the side. It must be pleasing. Got man of the match today? Yeah, yeah, that's unusual for me to get man of the match here. But, no, um, yeah, I missed the last three games. I had a slight uh, strain in my hamstring. Uh, I sat on the bench. Uh, the gaffer asked me to be on the bench and I'd be there for the boys. But, no, hopefully, touch wood, um, I got through today unscathed and hopefully I'm over the, the tear in my hamstring. Uh, I wonder if he's as upbeat now as he was then, Matt, because that would be a real disappointment to not follow up Saturday's win with another result at Hungerford. Yeah, um, again, have they played particularly well in the two games I've seen in the last two weeks against Wellington and Bath? Probably not, but they had enough to get through it. Um, and Steve King, interesting night when I didn't have that interview, but after the thing, he said, oh, the main aim is playoffs. We've never said about the title, we've never said anything about that. I don't know if he's playing down the pressure on that, but that was a disappointing result. But they have had five wins on the spin 
in the league to move them up there to, to worry about that. Hungerford, tough place to go, but that would be a disappointing result. Again, a win there, you'd have put them back in the title race. So, But again, I think it puts pressure on them when they play Dorking. So we're looking at it, everybody wants to go win promotion. Everybody else said, oh, we'll go in the playoffs and we go from there. But they didn't play particularly well, but they got the result. Bath, lovely football, had absolutely no end product. And uh, story of their season, really. So um, from that point of view, they had some good players. But Dartford had enough. Have they been playing well, Dartford? They've been grinding out the results. And as Steve King said, all that matters at this time of the season is how you is winning, not how you win. So, and I think that's a mantra a lot of managers will have at the end of the season. So maybe, in the, I think maybe the next two weeks we'll know more about the National League South, particularly with Dorking playing Mason and Dartford. Yeah, well, here's, here's the thing. If Dartford all of a sudden hit their straps, there'll be no yeah. stopping them again. Because we saw that at the start of the season. Yeah, exactly. So if they finish well, then, then they're, they're definitely... Definitely not out of the title race. I'm However, concerned with that, with Kit thinking he does like tinkering a lot. You know, I think at the start of the season, he knew his best team and he knew he was playing it and it was doing really, really well. He t- does tinker a bit because he's got a lot of quality players and he's got to keep them happy. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yes, it will. It's three defeats in four for Ebsfleet after their 4 2 defeat, haven't more to lose on Saturday. Results sees them 13 points off the top of the table, but they are still fifth. Uh, also a defeat on the road for Welling 2-1 at Slough. Welling and Tumbridge Angels, who didn't play this weekend, now both on the same number of points of Braintree, with just Billericke six points further back below them. Uh, Angels, though, can increase that gap when they host Billericke on Saturday. Welling at home to Hemel Hempstead and Ebsfleet take on Eastbourne Borough. Daft have the weekend off and probably spend most of that time praying for a draw in the big game. Uh, the Eastman Premier Division was a complete um, blowout for our sides this week, but folks in Victor did drop out of the playoff places as Hornchurch won 6-0 against East Thurrock to move a point in front of Neil Cugby's men. This weekend, Invicta host Bognor Regis, Cray Wanderers travel to Horsham, Margate home to Bishop Stortford before Invicta at home again on Tuesday to East Thurrock, who are bottom of the table. That's got to be, a, that they've got to keep up with the teams above them, haven't they, uh, folks in Victor Matt? Yeah, again, against East Thurrock, I'm still unbeaten at home, folks, in this season, so... Um, from that, I think the title's gone. You're really looking at Worthing going to go and do it. I know folks have got two games in hand. Um, Worthing looked like the side to beat at the top. Still quite tight. They've got a bit of a gap, though, between the playoffs, though, um, Folkestone. So just find that again. If they can find the straps early part of the season, they'll have no problems for the uh, for the playoffs. And Margate, again, still not out of it at the moment. Again, interesting times ahead for the next few seasons, next few weeks ahead the of the season where with the game's got to catch up. You're probably playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So... See how it goes from there. More games have survived in the Eastman League South East, although not all of them, as Cray Valley stayed six points behind the leaders Hastings with a 2 1 win over Sittingbourne. Phoenix Sports beaten 3 1 at Hastings, but stayed off the bottom as Whitstable lost at home to Ashford by the same score. The Nuts and Bolts back up to third with that win. Uh, a massive win for Hyde elsewhere as they beat Chichester City 2 1. Seven Oaks lost 3 1 to Burgess Hill, their 19th defeat of the season, and it was 0 0 between VCD and Herm Bay. Third meets second on Saturday as Ashford host Cray Valley. Hyde go to Burgess Hill. Corinthian host Seven Oaks in Harry Hudson's first game in charge. VCD go to East Grinstead. Faversham host Lansing. Herne Bay at home to Whitehawk. Phoenix Sports against Ramsgate. Sittingbourne at home to Haywards Heath. And Whitstall go to three bridges. Obviously, uh, the standout there, Matt, is the game between uh, Ashford and Cray Valley because you would think whoever wins that one is the one that we're all counting on to go and uh, and chase down Hastings, if anyone can chase down Hastings. Yeah, I think it's more of a must-win for, you know, Cryer's still four points clear of Ashford. Gashford have got the game in hand. Yeah, Hastings, Hastings to probably lose, you know, 
Hastings will probably want to draw. If I, if Cray win, you think Cray are going to be the one to chasing them. If Ashford win, it brings them back into the pack. So, so yeah, massive game, absolutely massive game on that. And Corinthian won't have it. You know, seven acts of Corinthians a big game as well. Um, probably yeah. So some game important games coming up uh, for this. But Cray against Ashford is yeah a draw there, and Hastings maybe can start celebrating. We did talk about the Harry Hudson situation more than actually Harry Hudson being appointed manager of Seven Oaks. Uh, and I think that it's going to be a challenge for him. 19 games they've lost in 28 this season, which isn't uh, particularly sparkling. But there's probably enough time for him to, to turn it around. There is a gap below, isn't there? To, 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 there's a little bit of a gap below. So it's not the end of the world for, for, for Seven Oaks. And, and if he can hit the ground running, uh, I, I think he gets on pretty well with Michael Golden. Mentioned him again, mate. Um, but I, th- I think they get on quite well. So it's probably a nice first game for, for Harry Hudson uh, against someone that he kind of knows. And then he can, and then if they get a result there, that's something to build on. But if they don't get a result there, you know there'll be other opportunities to come in 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 the coming weeks. And again, it's all about finding that consistency, isn't it? Yeah, I, I would say it's will he will he change the team around? You know, clearly they're lacking in confidence because of the results of what they've been. Will he look to bring players in from his other club? It'd be just interesting to see what. I'm more interested to see what the lineup is when uh, when they play Corinthian because Corinthian. They're having a good season um, from where they are. They'll be happy where they are currently, what, 11th place. You know, a win from them, they could go in the top 10. So it's a big game for that. And interesting time. Not No need to panic yet, I would have thought, um, Seven Oaks. But again, they need to pick up points just to stop the rot a little bit and move out if, if they're going to be a playoff. There's, there's a bit of a gap. They need, they need to win matches and uh, hopefully they'll get the new manager bounce. Yeah, I mean, looking, they've got some tough games to come, actually, uh, over the coming months uh, of Seven Oaks. So, Herne Bay at home, they've got to go to Chichester, they've got VCD at home, they've got to play Cray Valley as well. But then they, they finish the season at Hastings as well, which is not uh, probably not where you want to be finishing it, what, what could well be a promotion party. But they've got to be looking at, at, at some of these games and, and just knowing that they just got to get some points to, to, to move themselves away from the foot. We don't know for definite how many teams are going to be uh, in, the, in the relegation shake-up, but we will find out in... <laughs> Because he knows his level, wasn't he? Was it yeah. Whiteleaf? Was he manager for? He was at Whiteleaf, yeah. Yeah. So he's managing that level, knows his level, knows the players, and clearly that's the appointment that Seven Oaks have gone to do it. They, I don't know who else has applied. They had a lot of applicants. Fifty-seven applicants. So clearly they've got somebody who thinks knows this level and can get them out of it. So interesting, interesting times for a lot of our clubs. But some big games now. When you get. Next week, it's March, and, that, and that's when we can officially start using the business end of the season. Exactly. It will be March this time next week. Right, I've, I think we've made it with about 90 seconds to spare. Have you got anything else you want to talk about quickly? Uh, no, not really. Bite-sized bite size episode of the Kent Non-League podcast this week. So uh, It certainly no, is. No, it's been it? really fitting in because you're European footballing things and my footballing things. And so it's a, a bite-sized. Hope everybody enjoys it. Um, everybody stays safe um, around the world. Um and that's about it for me, John. And we'll have a longer episode next week. We certainly will. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast. On Twitter, I'm at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Feel free to give us both a follow uh, and let us know what's going on at your club because we'd always like to talk about things uh, that are happening. So we uh, 
we've just about made as we say we had a very short window to do this show because of my european exertions you know it's tough at the top uh, and uh, matt having to go to bed at nine o'clock every night but uh, thank you uh, to rocky particularly for joining us this week i really really enjoyed that conversation with him uh, and uh, a great man doing doing some really good work at glee and i wish him well and likewise i wish harry hudson well in his first game uh, in charge of seven oaks at the weekend and and, and we will look forward to seeing how that's all played out uh, but thank you everyone for listening to this week's show and we will speak to you all next week on a much longer and improved kent Lonely podcast uh, no 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 time for nice john i've just got to go i've got to go i've got to go see you next week